The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazrowski. And we're looking at a big warm-up this week. John Hitchcock, meteorologist at the National Weather Service, is with us live this morning. Uh, John, how much above normal are we going to be this week? Yeah, good morning, Susan and Brian. And the warmth is going to peak Tuesday and Wednesday. So we expect highs in the mid-60s. That's about 30 degrees above average for a high at this time of year. Uh, the record highs for both Tuesday and Wednesday are 64 and we're expecting to be very close to those numbers. We might tie or set new record highs two days in a row. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, nice weather all around. I mean, is this going to be a fun day outside for everybody in western New York, or are we kind of uh, still cloudy and rainy? Yeah, today looks pretty nice. It's going to be dry today and uh, fairly mild. Tomorrow it starts dry. There will be a few showers and maybe even a thunderstorm crossing the area in the afternoon. So not totally dry tomorrow, but not a washout either. Uh, then Wednesday turns very active. We're going to have a few rounds of showers and thunderstorms moving through the area. And then a very powerful cold front arrives very late Wednesday afternoon that will uh, bring an end to the warmth very quickly. Okay, something to watch for there. You know, is there any correlation at all between a, a warm or mild winter and the upcoming spring and summer? Uh, there really isn't. We've looked at that, and you really can't draw any conclusions about uh, the following spring and summer after we've had a, a warm winter. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out. Uh, one thing to mention, though, when that strong cold front moves through Wednesday, we might fall from 60 degrees to below freezing in just two or three hours. So we're concerned about a flash freeze right around the time of the Wednesday commute. So something to keep in the back of your mind as we can move towards Wednesday. Okay. Oh, that's going to be quite a difference on Wednesday. It has a lot of us thinking, though, I, I mean – are we ever going to truly get the cold weather here? Again, we're flipping the calendar to March. We're talking 60 degrees this week. Did we make it? Yeah, It doesn't look like we're going to have any extended period of winter uh, for the rest of the year. We have one day of cold coming on Thursday again. Then we warm right back up again after that. We're back into the 50s or even 60s next weekend. Uh, it does look maybe a little cooler as we head into uh early March, but by the time we get to March, the averages are going up pretty quickly, so it's tough to get extended cold once we get into the month of March. All right. Hey, it does sound great. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. John Hitchcock at the National Weather Service. Susan. Wow. We did it. We made it. We won. (laughs) (laughs) You do do feel that way. A round of applause for everybody this morning. Okay, well, Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown has sent a letter to the Postmaster General regarding the William Street Processing Center and a proposal to relocate it to Rochester. Concerned about delays with mail delivery, the mayor said next day service is essential to business. Without it, he said, the city would no longer be at a competitive advantage. He added any savings a closure would produce would be offset by long-term economic disaster. The Postal Service has scheduled a public meeting on the future of the William Street Post Office tomorrow night, 6 p.m. at Creekside Banquet Facility in Cheektowaga. It will mark the first time Postal Service officials will be discussing the potential move. A man fatally shot by Buffalo Police Saturday morning has been identified as 58-year-old Edward Holmes of Buffalo. Holmes allegedly ignored commands to drop a shotgun he was carrying before 10 a.m. Saturday in the middle of Reed Street in Buffalo. Police say he then discharged one round from a shotgun, which led officers to return fire. Here's Buffalo Police Commissioner Joe Grimalia. Within, I would say, less than 30 seconds upon their arrival, 
They had given numerous commands for the individual to put the gun down. Uh, within about that 30-second time frame, this individual discharged one round from his 12-gauge shotgun. Uh, two of the officers of uh, several officers that were on scene returned fire. Uh, he was struck multiple times. It's not known how many shots officers fired or how many times the man was struck. Police say body cam video from the incident will be released sometime this week. The two officers involved in the shooting are on administrative leave. 5.06 now on WBEN. Authorities in Georgia have called the killing of a college student a, quote, crime of opportunity, meaning the victim did not know her attacker. But the suspect was known to law enforcement. He was arrested for illegal entry into the U.S. from Venezuela and has a driving violation. Andrea Fujii reports. The murder of a nursing student has rocked two college campuses in Georgia. 26-year-old Jose Ibarra is charged in the killing of Lake and Riley, a student at Augusta University. The 22-year-old's body was found last week in a wooded area on the nearby campus of the University of Georgia after she failed to return from a morning jog. ABC News has learned Ibarra had been arrested in 2022 after entering the U.S. illegally from Venezuela. Immigration authorities say he was released for further processing. Ibarra was stopped by New York City police last year for driving an unregistered car with a child inside. Federal officials say he was released before agents were able to detain him. The GOP now focused on the battleground state of Michigan after Donald Trump secured a key victory against Nikki Haley in the South Carolina primary Saturday. Both parties head to the polls for the primary on Tuesday. Emily Finn is in Detroit. Candidates like Haley tend to do well in the densely populated districts like Metro Detroit. Trump lost some of these districts in the 2016 primaries to his competitors Ted Cruz and John Kasich. Voters in these counties say they can relate to Haley's more moderate views on key issues, but some worry she won't be able to clinch the nomination. Haley raked in another $1 million since Saturday, even after losing the backing of the billionaire Coke Network. There's a changing of the guard on the Dow today. Walgreens Boots Alliance will exit the Dow before the opening bell and will be replaced by Amazon. It's another sign of the shift in what was once a composite dedicated just to industrial stocks. Walgreens Boots, a pharmacy chain, replaced General Electric in 2018. Economists say the comings and goings mirror the evolution in the U.S. economy, from making things to more service-based to tech-focused. Daria Albinger, ABC News. An apology and credit from AT&T to customers affected by Thursday's network outage. AT&T says it recognizes the frustration the outage caused, disrupting people from connecting with family, friends, and others, and fouling up small business connections with customers. So AT&T says it's proactively applying a credit to their accounts for the average cost of a full day of service, $5. The company says it's taking steps to prevent such an outage from happening again. All right, uh, Chuck Siefert's in there. Thursday was crazy, Thursday morning, when we found out about this AT&T outage. People, like, in their own family, like, one person's phone would be working and someone else's wouldn't. It, it was just... it was just <laughs> That would be bizarre. Yeah. I would have hated to work at one of those AT&T locations. Oh. <laughs> you imagine just the right. call. Everyone... I mean, everyone's kind of been there, like, once. One of those problems, you have... Right. It's your company, but you have no idea how to fix it, nothing right. to do with it or anything like no that. No explanation. You don't. You can't say anything. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. And the Sabres get a win on home ice. Can you believe that? Over Carolina last night. Casey Middlestad. He, too, coming to the right circle. So nothing changes. Middlestad holds. That scores! Casey! 
he goes to bat and he hits it out of the park and the Sabres get the first in the shootout. Natchez with speed, Lukanen crouched down, saved by Lukanen and the Sabres win it in the shootout. 3-2 the final, Buffalo beats Carolina in the shootout. They've now won three straight for the first time this season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, the <laughs> Sabres are swinging through Florida this week. They play the Panthers Tuesday, Lightning Thursday before returning home to take on Jack Eichel and Vegas Saturday night. Wow. How about wow. that? Wow, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the, the big week, I think, for the mood. Yeah. If they can, I mean, for me personally, if they win these next two games, I'll be going in there Saturday night, like, hyped up. And then if they win Saturday, if they win the next three, I'll be kind of on board here. If they win one of the next two and then win Saturday night, I think uh, there, you know, there will be some people who are more on yeah. board. But this is a big week for the three pretty good teams. and. Right. We'll see what happens. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for plenty of sunshine this afternoon. Mild and pleasant with highs in the low 50s and a light breeze. Partly cloudy, not too cold tonight. Overnight lows only in the low 40s. Increasing clouds turning breezy tomorrow with spotty showers or a thunderstorm developing in the afternoon. Near record high temperatures in the low to mid 60s with south winds gusty close to 30 miles an hour. Windy and turning sharply colder on Wednesday. Near record high temperatures in the 60s during the morning with showers and thunderstorms developing and changing to a spotty wintry mix by the end of the day as temperatures plummet into the 50s, 40s, and 30s. Partly sunny, colder on Thursday with a few flakes possible. We'll see highs slipping into the upper 20s. With the exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Mary Beth Robel. Bills beat reporter Sal Capaccio heading to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, and he's on the WBEN Truck Here College Live Line this morning. Sal, good morning. This runs tomorrow through Thursday. Lay out the week for us. Yeah, and typically uh, we don't get really going until Tuesday. That's when coaches and general managers begin speaking. However, just so everybody's aware, Sean McDermott's been named to the NFL's competition committee, so he'll actually have meetings beginning tomorrow. So we're going to get him a little bit earlier. So this afternoon, later this afternoon, I'll be in Indy uh, flying out this morning. We're going to hear from Sean McDermott, and uh, that's a bit earlier than normal, but just so everybody's aware, uh, we'll get his thoughts. And then Brandon Bean will speak to the media tomorrow as part of one of the uh, GMs at the podium. Players start arriving, they do testing, and all the uh, different things that you know go on with the combine they'll be asked of course about the drafts how they're looking at it with all the players who are at the combine kind of uh, trying out basically in front of gms and coaches but you know i'm wondering how much they're also asked about the season we've had a little bit of time here to digest the season what it all looked like what happened how it ended and you get maybe a little bit more of a clear-headed look at things than you do what you know 48 hours after right when you first hear from uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, do we tend to get a little bit of a, a different look at how the team ended up last year and how they're looking to move forward than we did right after the season ended? Sure, I think that anytime you can step back and look at the big picture, Brian, that matters. But let's remember, there's been a lot of changes already since then, which is, well, Joe Brady's been named the offensive coordinator. He was, but now it's full-time. But now Bobby Babbage is the new defensive coordinator, and there's been several assistant coaching changes. Um, there really haven't been any roster changes. Typically, by now, we might get a guy released or not. We'll probably start hearing that this week. That's when a lot of that stuff starts happening. But, no, I, I don't think we're going to get any real kind of 
you know, necessarily like some sort of huge news about anything about last year. Really, this is about moving forward. This is about what do you do with guys on expiring contracts? You know, Gabe Davis, Daquan Jones. How are you going to spend your cap? What guys could be wound up releasing? Now, not that they're going to tell us that necessarily today, but we're going to learn that stuff. But I think a lot of today, tomorrow, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the new coaches, the philosophies. Will Sean McDermott call defensive plays next year? Or will it be Bobby Babbage? A lot of those questions have to be answered. You know, speaking of McDermott, when he speaks today, Will he be speaking about competition from his new role, or will he be speaking about the Bills? Oh, both. You know, it's going to be whatever kind of comes up, to be honest with you, Susan. I'm very interested in his role in the competition committee. This is a pretty prestigious job in the NFL to be named to that committee. You have to be either a head coach, a GM, or someone involved in an organization, essentially, at the executive level. Um, And... Sean McDermott's one of, I think, only nine right now. I think sometimes they have up to 12 people on the committee. I think right now there's nine or 10. Commissioner Roger Goodell actually appoints the people to the committee. But think about some of the ones have gone. So Bill Belichick was on the competition committee. He's no longer a head coach. He's not an executive. He's not working for a team. So Sean McDermott and Sean McVay are the two new guys essentially filling his spot. And then someone else who was on the competition committee. And Mike Tomlin's been on for years. We're going to ask him about that. There's They're going to discuss... Um, See, this is what happens this week. The competition gets together, committee gets together to kind of discuss some of the rules that we then put on the table at the owners' meetings that go to the rest of the league and the teams. Things like the hip drop tackle, which they're going to talk about. That's when a guy is basically tackling someone and he's holding on up top, but then his body drops down. We've seen a lot of injuries to knees like that. They're going to talk about the kickoffs a lot because that's a concussion, high concussion rate play, but they don't want to eliminate the play altogether. So we're, I, I am very interested in what Sean believes about some of these things, but more, more so maybe just about his role and what it means for him to be at this stage of his career and get named to that committee. Yeah, uh, well, it's pretty uh, cool to hear that and uh, about some of the rules from the Bills coach. You know, I'm wondering, Sal, uh, you see this a lot in hockey, right? So the trade deadline's coming up, and there's a lot of attention placed on, you know, what GM is in what building, right? Uh, how many scouts do they have watching this game and this team? At the Combine, do you ever get any of that, like, oh, hey, you know, these GMs showed up to watch in person these players? Are you, any hints to where a team may be going? Or is it all pretty uh, standard kind of across the board as to who sees what? So everybody's there, every head coach, every GM, unless obviously something precludes that person personally from being there for some reason. Um, so they'll all get a chance to watch. Now what happens is, it's a great question because you what typically happens at the Combine is you're getting confirmation of a player that you've watched all year, right? So let's just say, for example, the Bills have been interested in player X from, you know, Alabama. And they've kind of scouted him three, four times this year. Now they go to the Combine. They're going to meet with that player for the first time. They're going to you know, have an interview with him formally for the first time, I should say. They're going to watch that person run. Now what happens is if that person runs or tests or jumps or something's weird and like, wait a minute. Why is that person way different than what we thought? That's when you go back and revisit. What did we not learn? What do we have to relearn? It's really a lot of confirmation. Yep, that's exactly what we thought about the person. And then you're just kind of really meeting this person for the first time. But also what's happening this week, very importantly, agents are there and other GMs are there. This is when the groundwork starts to go for who's going to be a free agent and can you retain this person and what are you looking at outside? So it's not just the college stuff. That's what the Combine's for. This is really a lot of the groundwork for what's going to happen on the pro side with players as well for the next couple months. You know, in terms of prospects, any idea what the Bills are looking for this week? Well, to me, I go back, Susan, to what um, Brandon Bean said in the offseason, first offseason meeting, which was the you know, right after the season, the Bills have their end of season press conference. 
And he said they need to have more explosive plays. And Sean McDermott echoed that sentiment and said, when you look at player acquisition, that's what they're going to you know, be looking at. So to me, that lends itself to, I think wide receivers are a really big, important group this year for the Bills. I think they're going to be looking at wide receivers now. That doesn't mean it has to come from the draft. You could Player acquisition can be in a trade, like they traded for Stefan Diggs a few years ago. It could be in free agency, like they've signed some guys. It could be anywhere. But I do think that wide receiver would be an area they'll be looking for an explosive player. They also have to replenish their defensive line. A lot of guys are on expiring contracts, uh, so their contracts will be up in March, you know, mid-March, March 13th. And now, sure, you can get some guys back, but right now that's the biggest group where they are pretty thin as far as numbers, and they're going to have to replenish that. Okay, well, something to watch for and something to talk about, you know, wide receivers and everything else and what we hear from Sean McDermott later today when we chat again tomorrow. Sal, uh, enjoy the trip there, and we'll talk with you again tomorrow morning. You guys got it. Looking forward to talking with you all week. All right, Sal Capaccio, Bill's Beat Reporter, joining us live on the Trocare College live line this morning from the Scouting Combine where uh, we'll hear from Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, little bit about what the bills are thinking for uh, now in the future that's the wben all local all new episodes are made available each weekday morning produced by the award-winning wben newsroom